from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Um, it's an antique hyacinth. It's a type of purple hyacinth, and it grows very quickly, and it's an annual, and everybody that comes just loves it, and, and then it grows beans that are like pea pods, and you have the seeds on the inside, which are about, you know, half an inch round. The stories they tell is amazing, and it really opened up everything for the new people to come in. So we designed together and constructed a 25-foot by 8-foot plant wall. The outside has to be passed by the historic uh, committee, and then in the inside, you can do whatever you want. I'm Sarah Fenske. If you think a smallish city lot means you can't have an exquisite garden, you've never been to Lafayette Square. The historic city neighborhood is lined with beautiful painted ladies that date back to the 1870s and 1880s. And while the backyards are often small, many are also gorgeous. Tomorrow you can get a peek at nine gardens around the square and also check out the old-timey baseball game being played in Lafayette Park. And the antique fair is back in the park, too. That's for the first time since COVID canceled plans across the nation. And joining us now with more about this weekend's festivities is Jill Peckinpah. She is the fundraising chair for the Lafayette Square Neighborhood Association and head of the Garden Tour Committee. Jill, welcome. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Sharon Stockman. She is an artist and longtime Lafayette Square resident. She's lived in the neighborhood since the 1970s, and this year her garden is on the tour. Sharon, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. So Sharon, part of the Lafayette Square story is the story of how a neighborhood that was built in the 1870s fell on some really hard times and then pulled itself back up. So take us back. What was Lafayette Square like when your husband Dick bought your first home in the neighborhood? This was back in 1974. <laughs> right. And it wasn't a home. It was an abandoned building that had been someone's home for 88 years. We have the history on the family that actually built the house in 1878. And then it was totally abandoned? And it was abandoned in 1964, and we purchased it in 1974, and he purchased it as a project. He's an engineer, I'm an artist, we're a good combo. So we fix up and paint and do lots of things. Dare I ask how and, much uh, you paid for this? Oh, it's so crazy. You know, we all were so hopeful and young out of college. We thought, oh, we could buy a mansion for $2,000. <laughs> but you know, in 1974, you could buy a Chevy, brand new Chevy Nova first. $2,000. So you spent the $2,000 on this shell of a building. building. How long did it take you to get to a point where you're like, yes, this house is the house we wanted and dreamed of? Well, it was gradual because we both worked on He worked on it for the first six months because it was major macro stuff like roofing and things like that. But we were young and doing things. And we moved in a year and a half later and it was operational. And we had a new bathroom, <laughs> unlike many of our neighbors. But we um, we worked at it every weekend for seven years. And in 1981, we were on the house tour for the first time. Wow. So, and in that time, we had two children. So living under construction all that time with two small kids. But we weren't 
supported by all of our neighbors who were doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jill, this is this is a story <laughs> that I think you hear a lot in Lafayette Square, that these uh, these trailblazers came in, found these houses that pretty much nobody wanted, and boy, did they make a difference there. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, I've all, I'm new to Lafayette Square, um, only three years, and we're on the street with uh, Dick and Sharon, and um, they have their new home on our street, and the stories they tell is amazing, and it really opened up everything for the new people to come in yeah. and create this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sharon, it's worth mentioning. So you did sell this house that you guys put all this blood, sweat, mm-hmm. and equity into. Well, you guys we, lived there a long time. We lived there for 44 years and uh, decided it was time to have something smaller. And that's happening a lot with our cohorts. We counted it up the other night, my husband and I. There are We know of 30... Um, households who have been there as long as we have. Wow. Out of the and neighborhood. And still in the neighborhood today? Yes. yes. And so people have bought maybe smaller houses, houses that aren't quite as much work. Nope. Right. Like ours is a brand new house now. We've lived there four years. Okay. And um, and it, and we designed it to be all the things we liked about the old house in a contemporary way. And it fits into you know. the neighborhood. I mean, there's very strict right. codes in this city. Mm-hmm. I, I like to take people around and get them to try to guess which are old and which are new because mm-hmm. it can be really hard. Our block that Jill and I live on and the next block up have 27 brand new houses wow. in the last eight years or so. Right. And they're called new historics. New yeah. historics. And they have, to, they have to mimic. And the only reason I'm being able to share this is because we just went through the process three years mm-hmm. ago. They have to mimic another house in Lafayette Square to be built. And so it looks just like an older home. So the outside has to be passed by the historic um, committee. And then in the inside, you can do whatever you want to do. And of course, your yards mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the, the house itself. And that historic is- committee, they are strict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a city city operated thing. It's a national, Lafayette Square is a national historic district. The codes are, uh, you know, taken care of by the city uh, commissions. Mm-hmm. There is a neighborhood association that helps developers and people who want to build homes about how to go about it and how to address the code. My husband was the chairman of the code committee all during the 80s and part of the 90s. So he's helped bring this in. (laughs) Yes, and it's been changed multiple times, but it's still, you know, you have to stick with the National Historic Code. Yeah. And this neighborhood just looks great. I hope people come and check it out themselves tomorrow on this garden tour. Jill, it was interesting to hear Sharon say that her home was on the 1981 (laughs) house tour. Do we know when the first house tour was? Um, I think this year would be the 51st. 52, 52nd. Yeah. Last year was kind of crazy. We had to do a virtual and, and yeah. um, a garden uh, because of COVID restrictions. But um, yes, 52 years. So be, once before, when COVID hit, it was the first time ever in 50 years that we didn't have one in two years. Wow. So Sharon, back in the 70s, mm-hmm. when you're investing in these and mm-hmm. these house tours then got started pretty soon after, was it hard to convince people, oh, you want to come down to Lafayette Square? You want to check these things out? No, it was not hard. Even it was then. 1969 was the first tour and and people were curious and hopeful and you know, we went to St. Louis University, we were close by. Um, we were lifelong St. Louisans. We believed in the city. I mean, it really is, I have to say this, it is a dream come true, and it has surpassed our wildest dreams of what it would become. Yeah. And um, you just thought 
your your vision was easy. It was the following up and making it all happen, which was the work, and we all did that together with neighbors on committee. I mean, you sound like, oh, I'm going to join a committee. It was essential to be part of the neighborhood <laughs> association. It was not really a choice of like, oh, I'll be on this committee or that committee. It's like, we're going to do it all. We, everybody's got to do everything. Yeah. We have, like I said in the email I sent you, we have four friends who are having their 50th wedding anniversary this year. From that same neighborhood, still in that same neighborhood. So it's That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and these garden tours, just let's just have say, made it our life. <laughs> no one has to have their arm twisted to come to these. These get some <laughs> incredible turnout. And Jill, that has been very important for the neighborhood. To yes. Tell us what these help do for this neighborhood. Well, um, the tours, for one, are really the the two. It's the holiday tour and the garden tour are have been bringing in money for the restoration for the Lafayette Square. It goes into new signs, new historic signs, you know, repairing, security. Um, there's a lot of things that, the, you know, a lot of people don't think that take care of a national kind of historic area. And then what we do with um, money that we have, we also support local schools and, and, and anything that um, is needed within the area that will protect the, the community. So this is a this is a nonprofit. It all gets funneled yes. right back into the neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We're talking today to Jill Peckinpah. She is the fundraising chair for the Lafayette Square Neighborhood Association. She is head of the Garden Tour Committee. That Garden Tour is happening this Saturday. We're also joined today by Sharon Stockman. She is an artist, a very longtime Lafayette <laughs> Square resident. Her house is on the Garden Tour this year. So Sharon, tell us just a little bit about what's going on in your back garden. This is such a unique space and I think really demonstrates that just because you have a small area doesn't mean it, it's not visually interesting. Well, we've worked at that in the last three or four years because we have, my husband believes everyone should know and appreciate what a gangway and an alley is. He's a good South St. Louis kind <laughs> of guy. He's a South St. Yeah. Louis kind of guy. And, um, and so our gangway, uh, we look out of our kitchen table window onto the gangway and it was a blank wall. So we designed together and constructed a 25-foot by 8-foot uh, plant wall to put my plants out there and to have some other artwork kind of things. And it's just a combo of a lot of different ideas, and it's always changing. That's part of the fun. The plants grow, the flowers bloom, you keep working at it. And uh, we have that on the side. And, and I should cut in here. People want to see this gangway for themselves. We've got that. There's a photo on our St. Louis on the Air Twitter. That's at STLNAR. You can also see Sharon's lovely dog um, gracing us with his presence on that. He'll be welcoming. He will be there for the garden tour. So this gangway, yeah, this is such a, a St. Louis space that people kind of take for granted. You've managed to make it really colorful. You've got these these uh, plants all aligned up. That's not the only thing going back there in that patio. Right. I'm also I also grow grow rose bushes. I've been doing that since we had the other house. Um, not the first few years, but you know, I've gotten into it over the time. We had a lily rose garden in the front of our old house with the Victorian fence. Our new house, we have an antique Victorian fence also with an ivy, and then at the top is the rose bushes, the different rose plants. And then in the back, there are, all together, I have 19 different rose bushes. Wow. Um, and in the back, that's along the, the fence at the back. And you mentioned you also have a Jefferson bean vine. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's It was at Monticello. Um, it's an antique hyacinth. It's a type of purple hyacinth, and it grows very quickly, and it's an annual. And everybody that comes just loves it. And, and then it grows beans that are like pea pods, and you have the seeds on the inside, which are about, you know, half an inch around. 
and it's just fun and it's uh, these are pods that you plant to make more of this right, or you, you eat year, them you, okay. no you don't you, would, you don't you eat them use them as seeds for the following year but it blooms with all kinds of purple flowers all over the fence and it just goes crazy so, so Jill Sharon's garden is one of nine yes. gardens on this year's tour um, and there's a wide gamut always on these tours tell us about one of the other gardens people um, can check out there's a, there's a couple different other I mean one one a couple are uh, two that have I like to call urban oasis, um, creating a space in the city that really don't have huge gardens, but they have pools, they have um, sitting areas, they have, you know, fire pits and stuff. So just really creative. There's two on uh, on the tour that have this type of space on there. There's one that is um, used to be, I think it's on 18th Street, used to be a cobblestone street. And they created, when they bought it, made it into a yard. And there's another one that's going to be a sunken in type of thing that was built just to do the gardens Hmm. in. So each home that we've selected is all, every single one is different. So, and it it will bring and share people that love gardens or just, or even thinking of maybe moving to the city that might think, oh, I really want a creative space. This this will show you how to do it. Yeah, and this is a self-guided tour. Yes. People can choose which stops, in what order, all that Good we stuff. have the trolley around for people that don't want to walk the, the streets. We have um, vendors in, in the plaza for the first time this year that will all be garden-related. Oh. So that will be really cool for all of that. And then, of course, we have the antique fair coming back. And so in that plaza, you're talking about that area there with, with a the fountain. fountain. So that'll be sort of adjacent to the park. Right. In the park, there's going to be the antique fair. There's also something that Lafayette Square residents get very used to seeing, but often surprises <laughs> out-of-towners. And these are these baseball games. Oh gosh. This is, they're wearing like uniforms from the 1860s? Yeah. So if, if I came upon it one day just walking by in the park, and I was like, what is going on here? These guys are all dressed in all these old uniforms. And when they play played eight, uh, it's baseball back in the early 1800s and they don't play with mitts they have a big ball and it's just it's just amazing and this group of um this group is so kind. They will. They usually have somebody standing around that will explain the game to you. So that is definitely going to be available tomorrow. And they actually have a big tournament going on. Oh, so well, that's exciting. Be going on there, all there's day. something at stake here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Sharon, you'll have all these visitors traipsing through your garden. For people that are coming through these gardens and want information, what is this plant? That kind of thing. Is, is there that information there for them? Yes, it is. I've done two things. We have the docents who will be there and, and uh, we'll tell them different things. But we also have some signage that explains like the Jefferson Bean with a photograph of it in full bloom, that kind of a thing. Um, so there's plenty to see. Uh, we have historic before and after pictures of the house because even when you come through the yard, you learn about a lot about the Victorian or the new house or the way people use their yard, especially during the pandemic. Is how do you get outside and live outside? You know, outside yeah. living, maximize um, that outdoor right, space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had you know so fire true. pits and you know. Um, a lot of design our, our, inspiration. Our, our side screened-in porch, which we built and designed too, is a Mondrian-style red-yellow-blue combination, and it's a you know it's a structure to see as opposed to just. Of flowers. So okay. there's a lot of inspiration if you're looking to get a better backyard. You want to come to this garden tour and, and see what they've done. Sharon Stockman, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it was delightful. Thank you so and much. And Jill Peckinpah, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Sarah.
Today's episode was produced by Sarah Fenske with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.